0: I speak to you in the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. There are a lot of people who want to define what it means to be a good Christian, boiling faithfulness down to a caricature, a slim, mean version of itself. For a long time, some have said that Anyone who votes for, say, a pro-choice candidate can't be a Christian. Soon that became, for some, the directive that real Catholics or real evangelicals don't vote Democratic. And this was sometimes said from the pulpit. On the progressive side, I'm seeing more and more calls after the latest tragedy, a school shooting, a racist attack. That a pastor must preach on this, gun violence, racism, this Sunday. And if he or she doesn't well, folks should walk out of that church and find another. Those are just some of the most contemporary versions, of course, throughout histories. There have been many other ways to simplify, clarify what's most important in our faith. Hold exactly these beliefs. Pray these exact prayers participate in these particular sacraments in just the right order and right way. Simplicity is so tempting. Boil complexity down to a couple nuggets so we know what to do, whether in religion or other parts of our lives. Seeking a healthy diet Cut out all the carbs, or wait a second, maybe cut out all the animal products. Want to succeed at work? Never start your day with email, or wait, hold on, make sure you're at inbox zero. Be ruthless about holding short meetings, but also make time to nurture your work relationships. The same could be said with this pandemic we're living in. What's the solution? everyone should just wear masks there is no solution until there's a vaccine wait a second it's probably a little more complicated than that i could keep going but i think you get it we like clarity for ourselves and for others we also like judgment who fits in here who doesn't After all, life is complicated. We have a lot of choices and it's nice to know what's allowed, what's not, what's important, what isn't, what should we focus on, what should we avoid. Today, the Pharisees, with whom Jesus had much in common, well, they seek to test Jesus again, checking his religious bona fides. So a lawyer. A scholar of the Torah asks a seemingly simple question. Of all the commandments, Jesus, which is the greatest, the most important? Now, this lawyer isn't asking because he's genuinely curious. He's asking because there's a right answer, one that will prove whether Jesus is legit or not. For Pharisees are focused on priestly laws and holiness codes, on religious tradition and personal purity. The first commandment, love of God, is most important. So if Jesus says love of God is the greatest commandment, then he's on their side. If he doesn't, well, he's an outsider, not a truly religious person. Jesus answers the question, but he doesn't take the bait rather he draws on their common faith a faith steeped in moses and the torah in righteousness and justice and gives not a simple answer but a nuanced one well he says quoting deuteronomy the greatest commandment is this you shall love the lord your god with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind this is the greatest and first commandment aha He's passed the test. He's on the side of those concerned with personal righteousness and holiness. But then, without taking a breath, Jesus continues, again drawing deeply on their shared tradition and quotes Leviticus. And a second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. In other words, holiness, faithfulness, cannot be boiled down to just one thing. It's not either be pious, say your prayers, worship, take care not to sin and confess when you do, or care for the community, be just to all people, take care of the stranger and the oppressed. Rather, Jesus says, holiness is about the inward journey to God and the outward journey to the neighbor. It's about right relationships that are vertical and horizontal. Loving the Holy One who created all and in whom we live and move and have our being. And loving our neighbors, Dion and Maria and Pat, the ones who watch over your house when you're out of town, but who also play their music too loud and don't cut their grass as much as you'd like. Jesus isn't making up something new here. He's reminding them of the complexity of their shared religion, refusing to be put in one box or another, righteousness or social justice, the personal good versus the communal good. Jesus is making clear that faith is more complicated than we're allowing it to be, which they knew but had forgotten, which we know but sometimes forget. The book of the Torah that most people think of as being most concerned with fiddly laws about worship and personal piety, what types of cloth to wear, how much to tithe, the book of Leviticus that most people avoid, the one that we hear from this morning and is absolutely about holiness and written by the priestly caste. It is that book that focuses on how to approach God, the Holy One insisting we can be holy because God is. It is that very book that also teaches what kind of society we are to have. One that is just and fair, that cares for neighbor and stranger alike. In that book of the Torah, it is clear that God cares about the whole of our life, not just our personal sins and behavior, not just our religious selves, but everything. Our lives Monday Sunday at work at home at play at worship Jesus makes clear that we are to love God and neighbor one isn't more important than the other even more than that it's not both and rather they are interlaced they can't be separated at all love of God is love of neighbor is love of God one leads to the other looping back to the first. Jesus says the second commandment is like the first, not better or worse, more important or less, the same. There's not love of God and love of neighbor, first one and then the other. There's just love. There's no sacred and secular. No worship, than work. There's just creation and life and existence in God. We want simplicity, a single answer. Who can blame us? Instead though, what we get is a faith where love is to lead to more love. Loving God means we care for those around us, all of whom are made in God's image. We care for all of creation, which God made and called very good. And when we love those around us, we are led back to the divine. As Saint Augustine wrote long ago about interpreting the Holy Scriptures, if our interpretation does not build up the twofold love of God and our neighbor, well, we're doing it wrong. I'm paraphrasing him, but I think you get the point. There is just love and we are to grow into it more and more. And thanks be to God, we are shown the way by the steadfast love of our Lord, who promises never to abandon us, by Jesus who loved us, neighbors, all of us, to the very end, laying down his life for his friends. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, Amen.